Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 369. When deciding whether to claim Social Security early, how do taxes figure into your analysis? If Social Security benefits create too much provisional income so that you have to pay tax on your Social Security benefits, does it make sense to take Social Security early? If you apply for Social Security at age 70 and then learn that you could have taken spousal benefits for four years, does Social Security owe you that money? Plus, a listener takes issue with YMYW's dollar cost averaging discussion and Joe's big personal news in the derails. But first, how long did the recovery from the 1929 stock market crash really take? And do higher yield investments early in retirement offset sequence of returns risk? Get your money questions answered on YMYW. Visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com, click on Ask Joe and Al on air, and send them in as an email or a priority voice message. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Uh, Marion writes in. Yeah. Now, the first attachment is a New York Times article stating recovery from the 1929 crash only took four and a half years instead of often stated 25 years. The second attachment um, is for a podcast website advocating changing some, not all of your stocks and bonds to higher yielding options for the first five years of retirement to offset the chance of sequence of return risk. After the five years, then slowly changing the higher yielding options back to the original allocation, I could appreciate any comment. Uh, Marion, uh, Chevrolet 2019, Red Silverado. Um, all right. A Kieran beer when available to excess. Ooh. To excess. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I think the first question is relating to more of a comment. What wants us to comment on this article in the 1929 oh, crash? It only took four years, four and a half years instead of often stated 25 years. So I think what Marion um, does is that Marion li- listens to a lot of podcasts. And I think there's a lot of podcasts and financial advisors and financial planners uh, that do this for the living that that sell on fear. Sure. You know, oh, look at the, the volatility of the overall markets. And it, you you're going to be out of it. Take you 25 years to recover. Look at, yeah, let me look at this uh, example for you. Right. right. And all you got to do is data mine the hell out of the. <laughs> let me look at the worst absolute period in the history of the world. And then we're going to say that this is going to happen again. And look at it. It took 29 years to recover. And um, it's just not true. Uh, so I think the New York Times kind of debunked some of this stuff. Yeah. And, and, they, and the, what, what they talked about was, well, first of all, there was deflation. So the cost of goods and services were cheaper. So you got to factor that in. Sure. And there's dividends. Dividends, right? Div- div- they, they didn't count that. And then they figured the Dow was a proxy for the market, which, which it's not. I mean, if you want to proxy the market, you the, use the Wilshire 2000 or 5000 5, right? yeah, yeah. or S&P at least. Dow is like 30 companies. Right. So, yeah, be careful the doom and gloomers out there. I mean, when, when th- things are scary, things are bad, things get you know ugly, and things recover, and things get bad, things get scary. Thing, you know what yep. I mean? Yep. And you know, there's some people that really, I guess, thrive on hearing the bad news. Um, and some people don't necessarily, and some people ignore it. I, I'm not saying ignore the news. I think you have to understand what's going on and what your portfolio is doing and how much risk that you're taking on and how much risk that you can stomach before you freak out and say, you know what, I, get, get me the heck out of the overall markets. Right. Um, but, you know, if, if you're listening to, well, I have a strategy that's going to help you 
Yeah, you know. Yeah, because you don't want to be you don't be down for twenty five years. Yeah, (laughs) your retirement is twenty five years, and you're never going to get your money back, and you're going to run out of money, and blah 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 blah. Right? I mean, it's it's all kind of BS. So anyway, then Marion's listening to another podcast talking about um, saving money from risk and or sequence of return risk. Yeah, and and so so the way to do that is to get into higher yielding bonds. Well, I, I think what they're stocks. doing is don't sell the stock, just live off the dividend. Mm-hmm. So then when the market recovers, you still have your shares. I think that is so hard to do. I mean, you look at the, it, it depends on how much money they, <laughs> that you're spending, right? Yeah. I, I think it's marketing. Well, and plus when, when you start looking at higher yielding bonds, those or are higher re- yielding the, stocks or yeah, higher yielding, whatever, right They're the, at least in the case of the bonds, those are riskier bonds and those tend to perform more just like, like stocks, stocks yeah. when in bad markets. So just be careful of that it, the way I think about this, I think a better way to think about it is if you need $50,000 from your portfolio each and every year, okay, then maybe, you, maybe you take five years. So that's 250,000 and have that set aside in very safe, high quality bonds that aren't going to pay much, but it's going to be there. Or maybe you take 10 years if you want to be ultra conservative, no matter what the market does for 10 years, you can take 50,000 a year from this portfolio. The market will recover it. You know, the last great recession, which was the worst we've had in a hundred years, almost that, that took three years to recover. But if you, if you were doing rebalancing, buying more stock when stocks were down, it took more like two years to recover. So it doesn't take forever. And if you've got five or 10 years in very safe money, you should be able to ride out virtually almost anything. So th- there's multiple ways for, for someone to create income. Um, you know, there's the dividend or high yield strategy. That's one. There's the bucket strategy. There's the annuity strategy. There's all sorts of different things. So I think first off, you got to do some planning up front. You know, you're listening to all these different ideas and all oh, that sounds good or this sounds good or that sounds good. Start from the way beginning. You know, how much money do you have? Do you have enough money? How much money are you spending? What is your fixed income sources? What other income are you going to receive other than your portfolio? And then you can start constructing an overall strategy to give you the income that you need long term. So uh, be careful of these fads, right? I mean, hey, we're going to call this the yield zone, right? It, it, well, what the hell does that mean? You know, then they think it's a scientific term. No, it's just an advisor, you know, putting a, a trademark on a saying that he can market. And, you know, hey, we have like our buddy, um, you know, the bucket, yeah. the buckets of money. I was thinking right? the same thing. You know, so anyway. Whether you're still in your working years, nearing retirement or already retired, you got to make sure you can afford retirement. Watch Retirement Reality Check, the latest episode of the YMYW TV show, and download the companion Retirement Reality Checklist from the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. You'll get nine ways to make sure you can afford retirement now or within a few years or further down the road. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to read the transcript of today's episode, access all the free financial resources, watch Joe and Al answer your money questions, share YMYW and spread the love, and get your retirement reality check. Uh, Chris from outside Atlanta, Georgia writes in goes, hi, YMYW team. I love the podcast and learn new things each week. Uh, you recently addressed whether it might make sense uh, to claim Social Security before age 70. If you plan to invest the money, you said that this only works if you are certain that you will invest all the money and won't need the payments or spousal benefits later in life. 
remember saying that? No, but maybe. Do you believe that statement? <laughs> Is that something you would say? Well, I think if it's possible, you can do better by by taking Social Security early investing, depending upon your rate of return. So that it's possible. Sure. Yeah, I guess. Um, I could say with as much certainty as anyone can that my husband and I will not need our social security. We are 57 and 61 today. Uh, we each had great careers and we'll have about $3,500 per month apiece If we wait until age 70 to claim our benefits, uh, spousal benefits are not a concern as we each have our own account. We have no health concerns or reasons to believe we won't live until age 70. We are currently in the 24% tax bracket. We have $2.8 million in retirement and non-retirement accounts. My husband is still working, but we already receive over $15,000 per month in pensions, but uh, split fairly equally between the two of us. We have no debts or mortgages. Sounds like Chris is in a pretty good spot. Seems like it. Yep. Uh, because our pension and current income will ex- um, well exceeds what we'll need to live on. Our portfolio is very aggressive. If we claim Social Security early, we would invest that money equally aggressively. So, I've, so I think we might uh, we meet the criteria that might make it beneficial to claim early and invest. All right. Well, let's see. I have two questions. First. How do taxes figure into the analysis and whether or not this is a good idea? Uh, Second, if we claim early, would we claim at 62 or at full retirement age Um, or 67? What would we need to consider when making that decision? Since I'm almost 62, my estimates should be more accurate. My statement says that I will get 2,000 at 62, 2,800 at 67, 3,500 at 70. Thanks. We're on the fun and great suggestions that you bring each week. Okay, pretty cool. Um, well, do taxes play um, something in Chris's decision here? And I think because they make so much money in their pensions, it, it I mean, they're already going to be paying at the highest level. Yeah, they are. However, I, I guess that in my way of thinking, taxes do come into this calculation because you're paying taxes early. In other words, you're getting social security benefits early, but you're also paying taxes. So if you really want to do this right, I think you have to figure out what are your net of taxes, social security payments, what your investment rate of return is, and then you're going to compare that to what it would be if you waited longer. And assuming you still don't need the money, you can invest that and see where you end up at age 80 or 85 or 90. And but it all depends upon your rate of return, which is a very hard thing to predict. It's yeah, it's impossible. I mean, you can look at, you know, six percent. Are you going to get eight percent? Are you going to get you know yeah ten or more? Yeah, right. Um, Because what she needs, or uh, what what Chris needs to do, is okay at age sixty two, and so they're going to live well beyond. Let's say what's life expectancy ninety. Well, we know that uh, a, a couple age 65, there's a 50% chance that one of them will make it to age 91 or 92. So let's say 90 is the just number. Say, just say 90. So if, if she, um, Chris takes the social security at 62. So that's 24,000 bucks roughly right. per year. Um, and if I go to 62, um, so that's 28 years. So 28 years is how long that 
Chris will receive that $24,000 sure. and assume 20, what, 6%, 7%? What? Yeah, that's seven, but you have to do that net of tax too. <laughs> if you're really doing this right. Right. So then the future value of that's $2 million that you would receive, right? Yeah. At 7% right. minus tax, let's right, right. call it, you know, maybe 30% of that, 70% of that. Net of tax, 1.5. Okay. So then you would look at, all right, well, if your benefit is 70, you know, and you're going to, but but you have a lot higher balance, you have $34,000 at age 70, and you're going to invest that at 7%. Yeah. Yeah. 3,500 a month starting at age 70 for 20 years. What do you get there? At 7%, future value of that is 1.5. Um Right. So, yep. I mean, and that's, that, that's the gross number. And then net of tax, if you're using 70%, right. it's, it's 1.1-ish, 1. 1. 1. 1. yeah. 1.2. So, so yeah, it's, it, you can make an argument for that. It's not what I would do. And this is not advice, but what I would do is I would at least have one spouse wait till age 70, just because of the spousal benefit that if one, you know, one survives the other, they get the higher, the two benefits. I think that's sensible. Yeah. I mean, you, if you run a certain rate of return, claiming early and, and growing it at a higher rate, of course, is going to make it look better. But life is uncertain. Yeah. And and so and sequence of returns, you may do this and then the market tanks. Then you die and then it goes to the heirs. Right. right? Yeah, who knows? Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. So um, I guess what are the goals? Is the goals to pass as much as possible to the kids? Well, or is the goal to maximize your overall retirement? Is the goal to you know just accumulate a bunch of you know wealth and, and look at your statements and you know, who knows? Um, but you're right. Al and I look at Social Security maybe a little bit differently. We don't look at it as an investment. You know, we look at it as a guaranteed fixed income that you cannot live. And if you don't need that income, well, then I guess you could take it early and invest it. And if you invest it prudently, yeah, you would probably be more well off net a tax if sure. you received a, a decent rate of return of anywhere from six to 8%. Sure. I agree with that. Okay. If social security payments will be too high so that it always causes too much provisional income, when would it be better to take social security early? But this is the question, Alan, this right. is what Andy gives me <laughs> that she's begging me to, to read. Right. That's all we got. If SS payments will be too high, so that it always causes too much provisional income. When would it be better to take Social Security? It says security? then, Joe. Then would it be better to take Social Security early? So, Still, so, do you understand the question? Yeah, I do. So, so she's, but, she's saying her Social Security payments will be so high that she's going to have to pay taxes on them. So should, should she just take the, the, the benefits early to keep out of the taxes? No. <laughs> I agree with that answer. The answer is no. The, the, the answer is delay. For most people, delay as long as you can. If you need the money, then go ahead and take the benefits. If your health is impaired, take the benefits. But in, in probably most cases, we would say delay as long as you can. But you, we need a lot more information. Well, What's the yeah. other income? I mean, what provisional well, income is basically half of your Social Security benefits plus your AGI. Right. And then you take a look at what that 
adds up to be. And if it's over $30,000 or $40,000, then at each of those breakpoints, it's a little bit more than that, but I'm rounding, Right, is then 50% of your social security is going to be subject to income tax. And then from there, another 25 or 85% of the, the your social security is going to be subject to income tax. 15% of it is going to be tax-free. Um, so it's like, well, let me claim early to keep my provisional income lower. Because let's say my social security benefit is $30,000. So what shows up in my provisional income is $15,000. So instead of getting $30,000, maybe I get $20,000 and only $10,000 shows up on my provisional income. Right. So then I won't be taxed um, X amount of dollars. Yeah. Well, we don't know enough information to answer that, but here, because if it's only social security, right? Well, what is your other income right. sources? How is it all going to work? And then you can kind of run the calculation. But, but, but here's my point is I would, I would never take social security early because of provisional income. That, that, that to me is not an important factor. Here. Um, I would agree with that. How and when to collect Social Security is one of the biggest retirement decisions you and your spouse will make. We always hear wait until 70 if you can, but there's no blanket answer. Everyone's circumstances are different. Someone else's strategy for maximizing payments from Social Security may be completely wrong for your situation. How do your Social Security benefits fit in with all the other aspects of your finances? Claiming Social Security the wrong way or at the wrong time could be an expensive and long-term mistake. Learn how to make the right choices for your specific situation. Schedule a comprehensive analysis of your entire financial plan with an experienced financial professional at Pure Financial Advisors. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app, then click Get an Assessment to schedule your Social Security analysis and financial assessment. While you're there in the podcast show notes, don't forget to download free financial resources like the Social Security Handbook. Then you can also ask Joe and Big Al your money questions via email or priority voice message and share YMYW with your friends and colleagues. Karen writes in, she goes, I thought I was doing everything right. Working to 70 and putting off collecting Social Security until I was 70. So I finally got there and applied on my 70th birthday. In reviewing my application, the Social Security reviewer realized I was married for 30 years and divorced for over two, obviously, and turned 66 in March. So I qualify for spousal benefits starting March 2018 through when I take my larger benefits at age 70. I was told they would only do a six-month look back from my application dated November 2021. Uh don't they owe me that money? If I hadn't paid taxes for four years, they would still expect me to pay. Is there any way I can get that money? With all the rule changes in 2015, I got totally confused. Thanks for your help. No, you can't get the money, Karen. That is accurate. <laughs> but here's where I get confused. I mean, Karen, I sympathize with you. This is not very easy. I don't know why it's so complicated. Well, why would even the Social Security person even mention it? I don't know. But you know what I mean, it's like you get your benefit at age 70. Right. And then it's like, oh, congratulations. Welcome on your retirement. Right. And here's going to be your benefit. Your first check will be in the mail or right deposit in your, your checking account. And hey, thank you very much. Versus, you know what? You really blew up. You should have <laughs> claimed a spousal benefit. Well, you know, four years ago. Right. And well, we can't really do much about it, but I, we just want to have you leave, you know, pretty angry. So let, yeah. So, so the answer to your question is no, you cannot get the back money. You get six months, but here's my question to you. 
for my clarification as well as our our listeners, which is they did change the rule pretty significantly in 2015 that if you claimed the spousal benefit, you couldn't necessarily let your benefit increase because of the deeming rules. But to me, it was it's still unclear whether that's only from 62 to full retirement age, or is it full retirement age to age 70? Or it's, I guess it's only when your spouse is receiving benefits. Maybe you can clarify that. Well, the only thing that I forget, because it's been a while, is that there was a grace period between, right, when they changed the rules that you right. could still claim your benefit if you were a certain oh. age. So there was a couple of years. Maybe she's referring to so that. So she's still yeah. probably qualified for yeah, yeah. her to take the spousal benefit. She because um, so, because right now you couldn't do that. No, right? right now when you turn sixty six and say I want to I want to claim the spousal. So what had to happen prior to the rule change? Right, is that one spouse of for someone to claim a spousal benefit? And for those of you that don't know, a spousal benefit is half of your spouse's benefit. So let's say my benefit is a thousand, my spouse's benefit is three thousand. Well, the spousal benefit is higher than one half of my own. So I would claim fifteen hundred dollars. Before you could say, hey, I want to claim my spousal benefit, that $1,500, and then let my benefit on my own record accrue. And so I'd get this 8% delayed retirement credit until I turned 70. And then I would switch from the spousal benefit and I would turn on my own. Right. Um, th- there was some caveats that the, the spouse had to be claiming their benefit for you to, and that's still the tr- true state for you to claim a spousal benefit, um, unless you were divorced or uh, the um, spouse was deceased. So, um, I think she might fall in that window. I don't have my social security manual here, but it it doesn't work today. Right. So in other words, today, if you, if you claim your benefits after full retirement age and expect your, your, uh, your spousal benefits before, after full retirement age and expect your benefit to grow to age 70, it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't For, for anybody. No. Yeah. You, you, you can't switch back and forth. Because of the deeming rules. Correct. Yeah. They're going to give you the higher of the two right. once you claim your benefit. Right. So they, they, they basically treat it as if you claimed your own benefit and then you get a little extra, right? For the spouse. Right. And, you know, we went through this um, and went through all of our clients and we had to call social security and a lot of the people didn't even, you know, spousal benefits and, you know, restricted application, file right. and suspend, all of this stuff that we were doing. I mean, the Social Security Administration, God bless their hearts, but I mean, they were super confused as well. Because it's confu- it was confusing before and it still is. And um, and I wish I had, um, I wish we probably would have prepared for the show, Al, so we could have done a little bit more research on this, but... Um, yeah, well, in, 2000, but, in 2015, but the, her question is, can she do anything? Can she get the money? The, the answer is the no, is no. They're, they're already giving you a, a couple of bucks. But this is why it's so important for people to understand the rules and find the appropriate Social Security strategy that is appropriate for them. Because we found people that left hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table because of a wrong claiming strategy. Right. And, and so I would say just for myself. So I'm a CPA. I'm not, I'm not an advisor and it's confusing to me. So I sympathize. This is confusing for everybody. But, but I get where this is kind of a thorn in Karen's, you know, what is that? You know what? I, I, I try to follow the rules. Right. I listen to the advice right. and all the gurus are saying, you know, wait until 70, wait until 70. So I worked until 70. Right. 
and I claim my benefits at 70. I, you know, I got the 8% delayed retirement. Most people don't wait until 70 because they sure. want their money. Yeah. It's something like two or 3% wait till 70. Right. And so she's one of the two or 3% that said, you know what? I'm going to wait till 70 to claim my benefits. And now you tell me I can't, I could have done this and you're not going to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> then, well, she's like, now what, what the hell did I do this for? God, I got, <laughs> got screwed. Oh, damn it. Um, I get it. Um, I'm sorry, Karen, but it, it is what it is. Um, but congratulations on your retirement. Yeah. That's the glass is half full, right? On that yeah. one. So, uh, but it stinks, right? So, you know, I guess we've seen a lot worse mistakes, um, but yeah, it, it's super confusing. So um, I wouldn't beat yourself up too much, but yeah, it, it's probably, I don't know, 20, 30,000 bucks that probably was left on the table. There. Yeah, at least. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so we got a comment from Alan. In Tennessee, he goes, boy, did you guys blow the dollar cost averaging question? DCA is all about market timing. So by spreading out the cost of premiums over a length of time is the flip side of investing over time. Dot, 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 dot. You don't know if the market will be going up or down. Down. Your caller was spot on. What caller? This was the topic from Jim in Santa Cruz, who asked about his um, health savings account, paying the premiums for his um, Medicare. And wasn't it like reverse dollar cost averaging? Do you remember that one? I, I remember. I remember you explaining what, what dollar cost averaging is. And then you said why it doesn't work as well when you're taking money out. I, yeah. I believe that's what the but question we was. We blew it. Apparently. Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Did you move to Tennessee and then you're just writing in and you're yes, I got pissed at you. And yeah. it's, it's like, all right, I'm going to pretend I live in Tennessee. Yeah. So, but a, a lump sum investor, right? So let's say you have the choice of dollar cost averaging. You could put, um, you have a million dollars and you can say, all right, well, I'm going to put that million dollars into the market over a period of 12 years. So I'm going to put a little bit in this month, a little bit in that month, a little bit, in, and so on and so forth. I'm going to ride out the overall market. Some months, the market's up. Some, some months, the market's down. But I'm going to average out the cost of the shares of the market over a 12-month or 24-month period or whatever. And that is a total fine strategy. But 75% of the time, if I invested 100% of that lump sum January 1st versus doing dollar cost average, I will have more money at the end. And there's been study after study after study after study. And so that's why I think most financial professionals would prefer that people, if you have money to invest for a long goal, invest it right now. But the markets are volatile, so people feel more comfortable by doing it as a dollar cost average which is totally fine as long as it gets that person to invest. Right. That is the main thing because you're right. Markets go up more than they go down over the long term. So I, I, I have no idea what um, I'm sure Jim from Santa Cruz, a guy writes in every other week and he knows a lot more about this than, than we do. So he's probably not going to write anymore because we blew that. One. <laughs> we blew that one. He's like, well, we did that on purpose. So he doesn't write us. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, all right. That's it for us. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate all the hard work that you do. Thanks, Joe. Um, big out Cole Pine. Good job today. Yep. Uh, we'll done. see you uh, in a couple weeks. I'll be out for a couple of weeks. So, uh, 
And we'll see you on the flip side. Joe's called your money or what? Celsius Energy Drink. It's a bad day to be a beer. And Joe's big life change in the derails at the end of the episode. Stick around. You definitely don't want to miss this. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule your free financial assessment at a date and time convenient for you, no matter where you are in the country. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Sip of uh, Celsius now. Have you ever had this? Uh, I don't think so. I usually stick with water. I'm not sure what's in this. Does it help? Oh man, it just it, it can blow you up. There's some <laughs> secret ingredients in this Got stuff. It. it doesn't even tell you what it is. But okay. in terms Are you blown of- up today, Joe? Gives you energy. Um, yeah, it could go either way. It could go either way, or you, or you, or you could have like you could <laughs> no, it's not or you could like all of a sudden have a panic attack. Oh, okay, okay, got it. I, I'll stick with my coffee. I, I understand it. It can hit you. There's like some <laughs> you know, chemistry going on there. Got it. Okay. So for the most part, it's usually a pretty good buzz. Your heart starts racing. Yeah, it's supposed to. It's a, it's a healthy um, energy drink. Here. Live fit. Now. Got it. Okay. Yeah, a little raspberry. Okay. I like Kieran when I go to a Japanese restaurant. Yeah. Had that before. Yep. Smooth. Yes. Very smooth. Drinkable. <laughs> very. <laughs> it's, it's cold, right? All right. Uh, it's a bad day to be a beer. Um, you've got a t shirt that says that. Is that right? <laughs> If it's in front of you, it would be. <laughs> There's like a, a, a beer. Um, right. Yeah, I've been kind got of stressed lately. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Got yeah. anything going on? Yeah, I got, I got some changes going on in my life. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Finally, going to take the plunge. Yeah. And what's that? Yes, my single life is over. It is over. On Saturday. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, after all this time. Yeah. Over the years, I have I have kind of propped you up as a San Diego's most eligible bachelor. Yeah. And it finally worked. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Thanks to this podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. So, <clears throat> so. Congratulations, part. by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, what the hell are we talking about? Kieran well, Beer. It's <laughs> like a panic attack. It's, yeah, it. it's coming in like a couple of days. It's tough. Yeah. Oh, boy. And, and congratulations on your upcoming event. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you very much. Should be, um, Should be fun. Yeah. I've done a lot of things in my life. Yeah, but but not this. No, I'm kind of This is out. a first. My, my feet are so cold right now. It's like they're ice cubes. <laughs> Well, don't drink energy drinks. That might make it worse. I think it's going to be Coors Light and Fireball. <laughs>